Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Jacob and welcome to the CompuLang podcast. Today is Saturday, the 19th of September, 2020. This is the pilot episode, I guess you could say, of the CompuLang podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So our first thing that we're going to talk about today is the ARM sale to NVIDIA. So as you are probably familiar, ARM is a UK-based company, and they kind of come up with the instruction set for this risk architecture that is commonly found in cell phones or other devices that regularly need to run, um, I guess, at low power, like... Um, I think even Raspberry Pis use ARM chips. And so NVIDIA, which is an American-based company, is trying to purchase ARM for $40 billion, which is a heck lot of money, from SoftBank, which is the company that owns it now. SoftBank is a Japan-based company. Um, Anyways, so they're making this really big purchase that's pretty cool in the tech space, but of course there's some opposition to it. So the first one that we're going to look at is from the co-founder. Co-founder actually of ARM has released this kind of open letter. I'm looking at it right now. It's an open letter from Herman Hauser, co-founder of ARM, to the prime minister of the UK and pretty much his grievances or I guess his his concerns I guess you could say with this sale uh, of ARM to NVIDIA is that um, it would it would give even more power in the tech sphere I guess the global tech sphere it would take that power away from under the control of the UK and give it to more American companies because as you know obviously like there's Google there's Amazon there's Uh, let's see what other ones does he mention google facebook amazon apple and all these companies are you know based in the united states of america so this sale of arm to nvidia would give american companies even more leverage i guess in the global tech space so that is his concern with the sale but we could also see some opposition from China. I'm looking at this post, or rather this article from the South China Morning Post. It says China um, could possibly actually want to block this just like they did uh, in a similar situation a couple years ago when Qualcomm wanted to purchase a different chip manufacturer. China blocked that, so China might also try and block this one. Um, It said, you know, I found that really interesting because it sounds like, you know, oh, it's just an American company trying to purchase uh, a UK-based company that is also held by SoftBank in Japan, right? So like, where does China come into this? Apparently, there is a antitrust regulator that could actually have some say in this matter. All right, the next story that we're going to look at today is, of course, TikTok. So if you've even, you know, had a peek at the news this past week, you can hardly go a minute without seeing something about TikTok. On Monday, you know, we had, they announced their partnership with Oracle, which came to some as a bit of a surprise because most people were expecting like a sale to be announced from or like to Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft had kind of been like the front runner. Generally, people were expecting uh, it to go to Microsoft, but no, they announced a partnership with Oracle. And it's interesting that it wasn't a sale. Rather, they announced um, that TikTok would be a trusted technology provider with Oracle. 
So that didn't exactly conform to what Trump's executive order said needed to go down. And so I guess it may have come as no surprise to some that just yesterday on Friday, Trump announced that the ban would actually go into effect. That ban is um, set to go into effect on Sunday, the 21st. He also said that WeChat would also be banned. Um, If you're not familiar with WeChat, it's kind of like, um, I guess, Line, if you know what Line is. Otherwise, it's it's basically like you have an app that's trying to do everything. So it does like chat it does general social media random stuff like facebook it they might have like integrated with pay like some sort of paying system like apple pay except it's wechat pay or something like that you know they're kind of trying to do everything within one app anyways so that's going to be banned um essentially what that means is starting on september uh, 20th or 21st um no new downloads or updates will be allowed. And then the service, like access to the service will still be allowed until November 12th. So essentially people who already have TikTok can still use it. They just won't get updates. So no security updates or patches, nothing like that. Um, But they'll still at least be able to connect to the TikTok service until November 12th. So, um, you know, to some creators on the platform, this has been a little bit kind of like they knew this was coming. It was kind of looming over their heads. So they've been gradually migrating or telling people to, you know, go follow them on Instagram or YouTube. And then another, some of these new platforms are trying to come and fill this brand new massive TikTok shaped hole in the app ecosystem. And so one of the more popular ones that people are moving to, again, I'm not on TikTok. So this is just from news articles I've seen. It's called Triller seems to be one of the ones that people are moving to. But again, I'm not on TikTok, so. (laughs) All right, that's it for that one. Next, a couple smaller things. There's a blog post posted this week from Alex the Hacker that I would highly recommend you go and check out. It's entitled, When You Browse Instagram and Find Former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott's Passport Number. Essentially, it's his story of seeing a Instagram photo of Tony Abbott's boarding pass and then finding out his phone number and passport number and some other really interesting information along the way. And, you know, also trying not to get arrested. So highly recommend you go check out that blog post. All the links to all of the stories today will be in the show notes, so you can just check it out there. Next up, we have the um, ECMA script pipeline operator proposal. So this is, um, if you're not familiar, JavaScript is an implementation of the ECMA script standard. So whatever changes go into the ECMA script standard will eventually be implemented in JavaScript somewhere along the line. So this new pipeline operator proposal would add a new operator to JavaScript called the pipeline operator that would make um, programming in a functional way a lot cleaner, a lot more uh, concise. So if you're familiar with um, something like F-sharp, they have this operator where essentially you 
specify this one value, we'll call it x, and then you put in the pipeline operator, and then you put the name of a function, and then that function would be called with x as its first argument. And obviously, um, the power of this uh, op new operator comes in the fact that you can chain it together. So, you know, you have x and you pipeline it into function a, and then the return value from function a, you can pipeline that into function b, and the return value of function b, you can pipeline and so on and so on. And so that it would be a really interesting thing to see in JavaScript, I think because functional programming is really nice and clean. And if we can get more people to be using that on a daily basis, I think that'd be pretty cool. Make for a lot cleaner code, probably. Um, all right, so that's it for that one. Next up, we have Java 15 was released. Uh, and that introduces a couple new features, brings in some stuff that uh, moves it from just being an experimental feature into stable and stuff like that. So the first thing that's new in Java 15 is, well, actually, we had this in Java 14 too, but we have the second rendition of the records preview. So records in Java 15 or Java upcoming uh, work essentially like named immutable tuples. I guess if you're familiar with like tuples in something like Python, kind of like that. So just these named and immutable values, like sets of values is kind of how they work. There is a link to the proposal in the show notes. So you can check those out. We're also going to have sealed classes coming in, which gives you a lot more control over the access to your classes. So, you know, we have public, we have private, we have package private, we have protected, stuff like that. Um, if you have a sealed class, instead of just like what type of class, like in relation to the class that we're writing right now, rather than just the relation, you can actually specify which classes by name would have access to like extending this and modifying uh, methods and stuff like that. So that's another interesting one. And then finally, we have a new garbage collector, the ZGC scalable low latency garbage collector being moved from an experimental feature into a fully fledged product feature. So that's what we have for the Java 15 release. Next thing I want to mention is Moment.js. This is a JavaScript library, super popular. I've used it a bunch myself. It is now going to be considered a legacy project in maintenance mode. So obviously they're not going to stop development on it, but they're going to cease the development of new features. So it's only going to be in maintenance mode from now on. And the reasons that they cite for that, um, they have a couple. One of them, one of the big ones is that the uh, moment objects are mutable, which, you know, functional programming, a lot of people kind of, I guess, laud as the paradigm of good programming. And, you know, I am partial to functional programming, but definitely like mutability definitely has its place, definitely necessary. If you want to, I'm not going to get into that. Um, Anyways, it, it was just um, made the library a little bit brittle, inflexible, um, and difficult for um, like typing and stuff like that. So um, that was one thing. Another was the size of the moment library getting a little bit on the large side. And let's see. Oh, yes. 
Another thing is that, you know, the moment JS library just isn't always necessary anymore. So moment jeepers, I'm not even sure when they started uh, developing this long time ago. I know I've been using moment JS for a really long time. Personally, uh, it's, it's one of those libraries. I just, you know, I want to deal with dates. Oh, I'll use moment. I just, I know moment I'm familiar with it. It's uh, one of the libraries that I use pretty often and you know, probably shouldn't be, I should be relying more on the standard library, uh, that JavaScript just comes with. And, um, a lot of these functions, a lot of the functionality that is available in moment.js is now available in the standard library under the INTL international object. Um, and in a couple other places as well, but essentially the internationalization that JavaScript just supports natively in the standard library has really, you know, uh, advanced in leaps and bounds over the past few years. And it just makes it so that moment.js isn't quite as necessary as it used to be years ago. So that is the moment.js update. And the last story that I have for you today is that the GitHub CLI is out of beta and the 1.0 version is ready for use. Essentially, this is a essentially this is a tool that you would use on your command line that allows you to manage pull requests and issues and other nifty stuff on GitHub just via your command line instead of having to, you know, oh my goodness. I have to open up my web browser and go to github.com and manage everything, you know, by clicking on buttons. No, now I can keep my hands safely and securely on the keyboard. I don't have to touch my mouse and I can just manage everything from there. All right, but that is that update for you. I would highly recommend you go and check that out. There's a blog post on it about it on github.blog, or you can check out the tool itself at cli.github.com. And that's it for that story. And that's also the end of all the stories that I have for you today. This was the pilot edition of, or the pilot episode of the CompuLang podcast. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed this. I had a blast going through all these stories and yeah, I... Thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen. Drop by to uh, anchor.fm slash compulang and leave a voice message. I would love to talk to you. Anyways, thank you so much for listening and have a good one.